0: good morning Yes, once again It's the 11th of March Big kick-off Happy Mother's Day I'll just let's say that Because other people Act as mothers too They do They do You didn't watch Anthony Nick last night? No Ah, no. oh, tearjerker For a little minute they, they, They're they doing the whole uh, Finishing the season In Florida And the whole lot Yeah So yeah There was a camera In one of the sitting rooms And I think the, the mother Obviously unfortunately Passed away When the kid was only one or two And the mother Will actually uh, Nominate him so of course everyone's crying and even poor Elanto's in bits and Deck had to finish the job off unfortunately, but uh, yeah. So Mother's Day today, what's the plans today? Even though like because we've to provide for two mothers, I presume everyone in this room each. Well, actually yeah, let's dodge, let's let's move away and dodge that bullet. <laughs> so mothers, maybe more. <laughs> But yeah, you, you know, really you want to put your care and attention to your own mother. Hello, ma'am, if you're listening to me, I love you. Um, but I'll only be down for a few minutes because I have more important business to take care of. Yeah, I should be at home making breakfast for Caroline. <laughs> 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 yeah, I
1: decided to come down here and talk about sport all morning. Bloody expensive day, isn't it? Ah, it's
0: about it, it, the kids start working, child labour, bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, start paying your own way and, and, and looking after your mummy. <laughs> I know one of my four-year-olds brought me up a glass of water for breakfast yesterday
1: morning. I was like, "Gone." Oh, you can do water. <laughs> that's, that's only a half a step away from rashers.
2: <laughs> I can have uh, the toast in the toaster, you'll reach the switch. So, any great plans today for it or anything like that? Not a lot, to tell you the truth. Yeah. No. Nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're great, aren't we? I'm going to i am not going to say nothing. I'm going to say it's a surprise. Oh, yeah. Which is a good cover. <laughs> it is. <a>
0: good cover. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> it gives me two it. hours to <laughs> take I, I'm it. I'm working on it. <laughs> Yeah, all the garages and well-known small convenience stores. <laughs> yeah. We have a few bits left, I hope. Well, I hope anyway, that's it's for sure. Flowers stenched in petrol. Yeah. <laughs> don't, lie, don't lie your match around there. Um, obviously, uh, busy enough day today. To, uh, obviously, plenty to talk about and obviously some of the obvious stuff. But uh, what have we got coming well, up? It's, my, the time, it's the time of the year when sport
2: really starts to kick off. Ooh, yeah. We've got Cheltenham. Coming up, and we've got Denise Foster in, horse uh, trainer in to talk about well, her career and Cheltenham. Yeah, we have uh, the Six Nations. So yeah. we have big J- game today. Wales and Italy. Obviously, we have to talk about. Yeah, big game. That's the biggest. <laughs> uh, with Jeremy Staunton next Ireland and Munster and every other English club uh, going. <laughs> uh, to- coming in to talk about that. And I mean, we've got golf is coming Tiger, tiger Woods is roar, back. Tiger is roaring yeah. so I just, there's so much and a little matter of uh, Manchester United and Liverpool just press
0: play in the song there this is <laughs> chase Abbey with that good thing <laughs> that's Chase and Abby with that good thing and they won Choice Music Song of the Year this this week so that's why I put it in again Plus congratulations thanks I worked hard uh, two lads from Tullamore anyway uh, uh, but it's anyone wants to get in touch with us it's seven zero six two seven one three eight or get us on The Big Kickoff on our Facebook page or at The Big Kickoff 1 on Twitter um, obviously with James Stanton and Denise Foster coming up later on and uh, we we'll briefly talk Six Nations because just the general chit chat about it. Because obviously we we'll go into more detail with Jeremy, but it's it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because like people who follow the game, we're kind of adapting the same attitude as the Irish lads. going yeah, it's nice, but it it'll be gut wrenching if we don't win next week. Yeah, wasn't it? It's a real. Did anybody notice that we've just won the Six Nations? It was very underwhelmed and even... Yeah. See, obviously Shane Horgan and Reggie Corrigan, they, they've been there and done it, they know, and they're, they're not long from that mindset, but it's very much like, yeah, it's nice, maybe have a beer or a glass of wine at the dinner, but deep down, it's about the Grand Slam. It's not necessarily England, but it just adds more fuel to the fire, and obviously Paddy's day. But it's very much... The Grand Slam is rare. Winning the Six Nations, they've been there and done it. It's a Grand Slam that they want, isn't it? Yeah, but there's also that thing of... We've actually...
1: We've won a week ahead of schedule, which rarely, rarely happens. Especially, and you for don't us. prepare for yeah. it. Yeah, and now you've kind of got that okay, big one next week. Because usually, you know, if it, what we were expecting was that we could get to this point, but we still wouldn't have won it because England wouldn't have lost their second match. Yes. Um. So at that stage, we'd still have a game to play to win the championship, and hopefully, it be a grand slam as mm. well. So at this stage, and you could even see it with the players being interviewed yesterday, and obviously they, they told a the line an awful lot, but of when Sexton was being interviewed after it, and he was just like, look, we we'll, we can celebrate a little bit tonight, and we're kind of happy that it, we're all here together. Yeah. But he says it's nowhere near the buzz of three years ago when they were in Edinburgh, and they were looking at the England-France game, yeah, and then they find out it's they final. yeah Exactly. So does that build up now? It, it, it will be a bit of an anti if they don't win next week.
0: But It'll be a re- one, It, it really heaps it up then, or hypes it up now for next week. And plus, like, because obviously we won't talk about it with Jeremy, but like, there's a lot of pressure on England. Like three in a row. Yeah, there's, potentially. There's a lot of pressure, but also when you look at the game, you're looking at the start of the game. If Ireland get the first scores, will they buckle or will yeah. they? Yeah, because that's all the lads, lads said, and it was bang on the money. Like the, the lads are very good, I have to say. Like the rugby guys, any right. of the rugby guys that are on. And he said, like, oh, they'll be up for it next week. They're back at home, you know, wounded at that line and all that crack. But he says it'll still be brittle. Mm. So if Ireland are very disciplined and don't do their usual knock concede penalties and England are a bit too forceful and a bit too aggressive and stacking yeah. he says, and then chip away. He said that'll break and it could end up being a bit easier than you think. He says, I don't expect it. Yeah. But he said it's a strong possibility as well because two in a row, there's a lot of pressure on them, a lot of pressure on Eddie Jones to get a win no matter what. They won't care whether, like Ireland won the championship, they don't care anymore. Like they have to beat the best and that's who Ireland are in front of them at the minute. It it, it was interesting to look at uh, Eddie Jones's, I suppose, body
2: communication. Mm. You know, he was down. It was the first time I seen him kind of down and he wasn't sure. Maybe he's asking questions of himself. So, Mm. you know maybe we're just hoping here that we're we're going to go out and, and it's going to yeah. be slightly easier but we know England and Ireland is yeah. never going to be easy is it
1: but like that if you look at it from their point of view they've lost two in a row but previous to that they would probably lost two in the last twenty, twenty one, twenty two 21 22 exactly. games like they, they've in been a, able to in a way, run, like run
0: Wales feel, should feel a bit hard done by oh, completely. in the first game so it could be yeah. three out of four to be honest yeah. um, uh, that's the beauty of the game, England are shades, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, listen, it's it, it, the ultimate party would be it all goes swimmingly next week and we win, and Paddy's weekend, and everything that it is. And hopefully, that's what will happen. But yeah, you, you have to fear England in a little bit into an ascent because whatever they're going to get physical and dirty, no matter what, and they're really going to bring yeah. pain, so to speak. Whatever about well, isn't their game all about just being a, a, a big steam train and just barging
2: through people
1: well, that's what it comes across to me yeah. at, I at don't the know moment. I would have thought like backs wise they, they've probably the more accomplished back line um, out of most of the teams in the Six Nations I you know what them. I mean when they actually start moving ball around they're really really good to watch mm. but, um, they, but
2: they haven't done that though, though have
1: they no not a huge amount oh. no I think I, and I think what they had was they I think up front they've struggled yeah and when you, you struggle up front you can't draw in as many defenders which means you don't have the room for your yeah. backs then out the back and then it means then you're just kind of running down a blind alley then yeah. but they have buckled under pressure you have seen it when yeah. it's been hyped up on them um, there's certain players then that haven't stepped up and yes they've had an awful lot of injuries um, in, especially in particular positions like they've guys kind of that are either making comebacks that look like they might not have played um they've other lads down that might not have <laughs> was that a chair think. by the way that was a
0: chair <laughs> that's alright <laughs> I have to laugh there like, last week we were in a prop, we had a problem situation last week where we had the giggles but this week I was like I can't hold it back
1: that was just a loud chair if anyone heard that <laughs> but they have um I think they yeah they're at a point now where it, they can't get that go-forward ball that yeah. they used to where you had a Billy Vanapola and you just thought, right, we're in trouble. Yeah. Give it to him and he'll make us five yards. The defence has gone backwards
0: and then you've got space to whip it out. So as much as the money's coming into the Premiership and the whole lot, they're still a bit thin, would they be squad-wise? Like proper uh, quality? They are, but it,
1: I think part of the Premiership thing is that they can't look after their players in the same way that Ireland can. Right, Ireland, okay. they're in a very, very lucky position that we can cherry-pick lads and say, yeah. look he's played too many games or Give him a week he off. needs a couple of weeks off or he should only play 50 minutes and as soon as that happens, whether he's playing great or not, he comes off and that's it. You know, that kind of way. And that has led to a lot of players being available. Like, if you look... And the other thing is the depth in squad has increased massively. Yeah. If you look now, we're down to what well, is technically third and fourth choice? or are still very right, strong. You know what I mean?
0: If you look at the centre partnership... But is that more... Well no disrespect to the players but is that down to the strength of our system of play as well I suppose that they're just so well drilled into
1: it or well that makes it easier for, for lads to come in yeah the ability of them is down to because the
0: game doesn't change you just come in and do what that guy did but yes. he would have been
1: well drilled on it in oh absolutely yeah right. and you and if you've been in the setup for long enough and you can see um that kind of model that Joe Schmidt employs mm. where you get lads that are showing huge amounts of talent like the Chris Farrell's like yeah. the um Gary Ringrose and Jordan Larmore and all these guys they're in there for a year or two before they start even getting yeah. into match day squads but it means that they're always around that they know the system they know the training uh, yeah. regime they know everything and it means that like you said when there's a gap and someone needs to step in you are fitting into a
0: system as opposed to trying to replace a player and so, then just to finish up on this obviously because we'll come back later on just how impressive is Stockdale's record at the minute was it 10 I, tries and his 8 starts yeah it's it's off the charts like it really is, and it's not just the fact that he's got, grabbing the glory of the choice. He actually is playing well.
1: But again, I think this is this has come up an awful lot now over the last mm. while with uh, various sports. When you look at you know Mourinho and yeah. uh, you look at <sighs> Smith and whatever, people are people get on them because they you know they kind of say. Oh, and we chatted about Gatland in the same way. Yeah. People don't like certain things, and then a narrative begins, and everybody hops on, and everybody yeah. has their shout <laughs> on Twitter and whatever, and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, you're going to get graded on your on your stats yeah and whatever people were saying about Stockdale getting caught and being stepped and yeah. being caught out of position defensively 10 tries in 8 is. 10 tries in 8 you know what I mean that's that's
0: Ronaldo messy Messi stuff it is <laughs> it, is, it <laughs> really is <like>. anyway we've <laughs> uh, I've strategically done it that we've only about 5 minutes to talk about it uh, United and Liverpool yesterday was that on? yeah apparently it was on and
2: david was highly looking forward to the game and ah, it was, was a great 50-50 25 minutes
0: of the show to it if liverpool won <laughs> yeah, well,
2: of course we have shrunk that um,
0: down no it, it wasn't the ba- it wasn't a bad game it was never going to be the great spectacle because they never used the iron it's nothing to do with styles and it's nothing to do with managers we all know what Mourinho was probably going to do and he did it but he was very effective in his tactic in the first half an hour where he picked a little cracking the wall which there is plenty of cracks anyway in the, in the Liverpool defence but he picked on Alexander Arnold and Lovren hmm. I think 70% of the ball that was going into Liverpool's half for the first 20 minutes was all down there yeah. and he got lucky well not lucky but it worked for them twice and of course that's when you're going forward you only have to be right once while defences have to be right all the time yeah. and it worked out a tree Basically, I always said it all week. First goal was going to win. Whoever scored the first goal was going to win it. Liverpool scored it. I fancied them because obviously United would have to kind of come out a little bit more, and I think it'd be more dangerous. And I always felt if United scored first, it's playing right into Mourinho's hands again, and he'll do what he does best. Because Liverpool, as much as they had the ball and attacked really didn't have a hell of a lot to be honest Did
2: it, well more so in the second yeah. half Man
0: United yeah. played very well in the first half
2: But even in, yeah, and they decided in the second half to well, go back to that where I was going to do it anyway style. they wouldn't do it for the full 90 uh, it was a bit worrying for Liverpool because on. I were not able to you know Break through The the the, the wall I But suppose.
0: realistically It shouldn't be A fantastic surprise At the same time Because Liverpool Have all season Struggled against A park the bus Type of Or not park the bus I don't like saying that But that kind of All these real heavy banks And nice and narrow And they've always struggled But this is the best You're going to come up against All mm-hmm. year That do that Because City don't do that That's why I love playing City Because they don't do that And we'll always Beat Well in our record in The last four or five We beat City more than we lose yeah. Because it suits us Um and United you know, are the best at it. And we've struggled for the last two seasons. Uh, we haven't won in the league, I think, in four or five seasons against him, And I think two draws last year. One, Yeah, three draws and a defeat in the four games on the marina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's the master of it. And he knows that's what we struggle at. So it shouldn't be a great surprise. Um, Salah was exceptionally quiet. Manny was very busy yesterday, mm. considering he's the one who yeah, hasn't been looking the best at the trade. Salah was really on fire at all. Um, Salah, it, I presume it was a mixture of they were keeping them because if you watched that, the, their back four was literally with the width of the, goal, the, the, the box, yeah. while Liverpool's was spread right open. And they put Lukaku in that gap, and they just peppered him for the first half an hour. And Alexander, like, this is what annoys me about young English defenders that are getting the praises. Yeah. they're still incredibly weak in defense. He looked very right going forward. But is
2: it is it the defense as in a group of four, or is it him? I mean, when you in just my, you just talks instance, about the tightness of the United defense. If there's gaps there, they're going to be... Right, watch the goal, right?
0: Regardless of how wide they were, watch mm. the goal. It's Alexander Allen's fault. Nothing to do with the system of play. He literally lets him go. Basic defending. You don't let your man get in front of you. He lets him go. He stutters his run he stops again and gives him another head start. It was too late. Yeah. Watch the run. It's just too late. He doesn't go with him. Then he goes to go with him and then he stops again. Instead of going, get in front of him. And who cares where the ball goes? Get in front of him. Yeah. Prevention first. I always expect the worst and it's shocking and it's like Gomez at Christmas watch the goal with Alexis Sanchez it's just awful 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 defending and it's no defensive work with Liverpool it's an incredibly poor individual mistake but at the same time he got cut out he should have been nice and tight and plugging in the gaps especially when after 10 minutes it's obvious what they're doing they're picking on Yee they're picking on Lukaku who's winning everything Mm. so Lovren should get his ego out of the way and say because the two or three that he did he won every one of them yeah. get him in there and who cares where you go I think we played this long enough let's switch let's go in. but you stick with him when the long ball comes yeah. well, and they didn't not, do it is that not
2: a failure by Klopp not to recognise that I understand may, that may of course it's a failure person. in the
0: manager but it's also a failure of players as well, well on they, the pitch because yeah, once the game starts every manager knows once the game starts lads kind of have to take their own responsibility as well
2: well, you look at you're, you're you're talking that Mourinho has spotted this weakness. Or should Klopp have spotted that weakness? That well, here, listen, Van Dijk's up. our best defender. He's strongest he in should've. the air. Of course, because they do that. They so mar- they, maybe they, they, he they all know who they should be. Marking. Maybe he doesn't
0: worry about the uh, defense as much as he should them. And that's it's it, that's what I said. It raises two questions. Yes, not, some of our defenders aren't good enough. But it also raises what do we actually do defensively mm. on the training page? It raises two questions, and. It's, you can't really answer them And there's no reading Between the lines Klopp very rarely Talks about it You very rarely see Evidence of Yeah they've tightened up A little bit They've tightened up A little bit Maybe because Van Dijk is a bloody Good defender Because mm. up until He went to Liverpool Every fan in the league Said he was a great defender United, <coughs> United are 50-50 now Because obviously He's a Liverpool player Because that's what fans do yeah. like He's not
3: that
2: good anymore but Yeah but his record In the last game Is like 100% loss In what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Van Dijk All right But you know what I mean it's, that's the way it is he's still a bloody good defender so maybe that's just a natural thing that he shorted up a little bit but it needs to be a bit more than just personnel because as I, I personally I said it before and Maldini would still concede 40 goals I'd say on, that, on the way Liverpool play at the minute I think it's our midfield is our weak point yeah, um, was it not more worrying going forward yes you parked the bus personally I think I it's because of midfield you don't have that I think creativity. our midfield was poor yesterday it was wide open for the taking mm. to somebody grab that game I thought Chan was the man for it because he seemed to be in all the space And was very happy to go sideways and sit in pockets and not go for the ball or not look for the ball when he should have. Milner does what he does, but he, I think, unfortunately for Milner, he's a bit like your Eddie McGoldrick and all these, or not Eddie McGoldrick, but the guys who are very good at five and six positions, but a master none of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, that's what Milner is. Even in midfield, he's a good player, but he's not a master. If anything. Chamberlain was the only one who looked a little bit bold to go forward in the first half, not so much in the second half, but he was the only one who was, when he got the ball, was very much, right, let's go forward yeah. instead of backwards and sideways. Chan was quite happy to just go through the motions and it was there for the taking a little bit in that midfield to win the battle a bit and open up the lads and it didn't happen. So in my opinion, yesterday and most of the year, it's our, it's that tree in the middle. Yeah, see, and be- it's a lot of work to ask of them to do... But it's creativity. Yeah, we That's don't, have, problem. It. It's don't that, have it. It's not that they...
2: Are a, a terrible midfield. It's just no, a they're not. creative it's just midfield. When you need that because correct. they've been
0: counter-attacking so much and scoring goals for fun. But if yeah. we had one of them players yesterday, we could have made it a bit more interesting that first half because obviously, you know, once they go tin it up, you're really up against it. Even when we got that goal, you're still thinking Yeah. It's like Uve during the week. You know, as soon as they got that second goal, Kalini went don't even worry about going forward. Yeah. Let's actually defend. I love it. Yeah. Bring it yeah. on. Don't bother trying to score another goal. Let's defend. Because it's what they enjoy. Mm. Yeah. And it was a joy to watch. It was. Did you all say to the halves union on that? Uh, no, I hate
2: watching it. <laughs> oh, I love it. No, I do. I, I, I'd love to be playing in it. Yeah. I, I hate watching it. Because oh, yeah. It's a spectacle it for them. Mourinho will say, well, listen, job done. Uh, brilliant getting all those players to sit there. Yeah. But if there was any sort of a team with, with any sort of creativity... Yeah. They're in trouble. What That one goal that they got back was, which was no G. Oh, it was pure
0: fluke, yeah. yeah.
2: That, there was opportunities there for creative players. Let's put it this way. If you're playing the Champions League and you're playing Barcelona or uh, Munich or something, there's Even players there who will punish you. I just don't think that you can do 45 minutes of sitting back and hope not yeah. to score a
0: goal. Oh yeah, you, you're asking for it and if I it happens you, you shouldn't be shocked. No. And you shouldn't, oh, if we only did this. We only. Like when, when Ireland used to play the big teams when we sit back and hope for the best. Yeah. Unfortunately a mistake Is usually made at some point And it's the usual heartbreak So you shouldn't be shocked You lose And it shouldn't be Oh well done Well you asked for it You wanted to kind of you lose By playing the on. way you do yeah. Exactly That's what's happening um, I, I I do think that And obviously you're going to
2: have To have amazing players Sanchez Is Just not there He's not
0: he's, Can I be he, honest I was trying to think about it yesterday And what's the difference Because like I think the problem with him is Unfortunately he's gone to the wrong Type of manager In the sense that at Arsenal they do nothing so when Sanchez is running around like a mad joke he looks amazing now he's still a very good player and he's a very clever player but his ultimate thing is is his effort now he's at a team where they all do that and now all of a sudden he's just looking like the rest and people are expecting that little bit more because that's the reputation he came with and now all of a sudden what's the story with Sanchez he's not that great and it's like well no he's still doing the same thing but everyone else is doing it, and now he just looks like the rest. He's looking a bit more ordinary. Yeah, well, at I, Arsenal... I, I can agree with that to an extent, yeah. but
2: he has had qualities with Barcelona, and he does have well, qualities... Well, he failed at Barcelona in theory.
0: Yeah, he he just, didn't play, he did, he struggled, and that's why he didn't last.
3: Yeah, you I know, he's a big,
0: he was a big fish at Udinese, and he was a big fish at one of the other clubs. Got to Barcelona, didn't really shine, and hence he went to Arsenal. And he looks like a superstar at Arsenal, because... I, we could all if we were all fit we could probably look like a superstar because they literally do nothing yeah. they're so lazy but he has a bit more than that and there's no two ways about it because I noticed that once or twice he was trying to play in a few balls to Lukaku I think it was against Palace and I was like yeah you don't know your team yet mate because no. he was giving the ball into Lukaku for the run back and I was like you're never getting that back mate oh, yeah, you need no. to learn yeah. or they need to get somebody else because yeah. you could see there was things he was doing that yeah, at Arsenal or Barcelona, that would work, mate. Now, has he yeah. presumed that the centre forward had a first touch? Well, no it wasn't <laughs> even just that; it was just you could see the runs he was going to make, and it's like you're not getting that back, mate. Yeah. So it is a bit of a learning. As, is though. he a little bit ahead of the others? Because like when Falcao went there, some of his runs were fantastic, yeah. but the players weren't noticing it, yeah. and he just disappeared. Obviously, his knees and all that. But then again, he went to Monaco and started scoring nice again. Then. So it could be a bit of that as well. Would but it would be, be interesting with Sanchez because fans are starting to ask questions. Going, what's the story? Would here? you
1: be worried mentality wise? of like, uh, of the Liverpool team because I, I was looking at the United flash. team last seven again, eight years you've been worried about that because where it wouldn't be that pushed on how United were playing it does take an awful lot of concentration and you could see the way they were they were working their way through a system and they were yeah. sticking there and they were grating in at Liverpool players yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold mm-hmm. was losing it yesterday mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you see every time he gave away a free kick and you were kind of going he's gone he should yeah, be taken off because yeah. if you had him if you were if you were marking him or if you were running against him you're like gone Brendan any Rogers time passed. he comes near me I'm going down and I'm going to wind him up and I'm going to be in his ear I'm going to be niggling at him and I'm going to see if I can draw out yeah. a yellow card maybe a
0: second yellow card him. when we lost the Villa in the semi-final uh, the year before we brought Benteke and he was running amok and all what did was keep pumping it to him and of course they won effective mm. and Liverpool didn't show up and Liverpool were playing that lovely fantastic Brendan Rodgers football at the time got to Wembley didn't do it. Mm. And he said it after the game and it's been said for many a year, where we haven't got enough big game mentality players and we haven't addressed that and that's four or five years ago. We still don't. Yesterday, as I said in that midfield, somebody needed to stand up and roll up their sleeves and say I'll bloody get grab this by the throat and they didn't and defensively they didn't. Van Dijk could have said here, get out, I'll do it, yeah. you know, I'll win this, I'll bully him, I'm bigger and stronger than him, I'll win it, same up front. Salah was quiet did he hide or were the defence that good I, I'm not sure because he wasn't on the ball enough to really say well I think uh, look but there's not enough players in Liverpool at to at say let's grind it about
2: 7 times out of 10 Liverpool tried to go through the middle instead yeah. of going out wide. And when they went out There was out no wide, plan B or anything like When them, they went yeah. out wide, it causes problems because they're getting in behind the defence. you know. And Salah was coming inside. Especially when
0: United you know, you were playing so narrow. It was very yeah. obvious. Like, mm. You're not getting into the danger areas. Right, yeah. well then let's start going wide and try and spread them out yeah. again. Yeah. Like This is what annoys me and this is what has been asked of Klopp and not just by United you know, fans poking at Liverpool fans. This is what's been asked by a lot of experts. Does he really work on plan B's or is he very set on... This is my rock and roll type of football, and I know it works deep down. It's like, yeah, that's great, but what happens when it's not? Because in all football, not one way wins every game. Because yeah. somebody will eventually come up with a way of stopping you. And unfortunately, a lot of people have discovered how to stop it with Liverpool. That's for sure. Yeah. But it was the same at Dortmund. He had a couple of years, and then a Bayern Munich, throughout the checkbook and throughout a lot of players, and right, we'll stop you this way. And they nearly got. They were in relegation for a couple, for a, for a few months before he finished up. So. You know, what have you learned? You know, what has Klopp learned? So the questions are going to be asked on him. A few weeks before that,
2: everyone was raving about him. But that's the way it works, you know. know. You know. You know, at the
0: start of the year, geez, they're very effective. I love them. Is he good or is he not good? Is Is he for you? Is he a man for the job or not? At the moment, I'm still saying yes, because I think it's a mixture of how he plays. As I said, once or twice, Hopefully, ego maybe. I don't know what it is, but just I don't think there's a little tweak or two in his system that could be incredibly effective. Mm. But not only that, though, you need a bit of personnel as well, and we still need that boss man in the midfield who takes no prisoners. I couldn't care less if they're all fancy players. We still need that potentially a Matic. Mm. We need somebody in there that listen. I'll I'll let the five go mad. I'll even let the fullbacks go mad. I'll plug in all the gaps with the other two lads. I'd be happy with that. I, I just think there's a small little tweak. Obviously, I mean, one when you were two, talking about last week that. Well, uh, talking about three players who could come in to, with a chance to win the league. No, that that was the article. Yeah, this, but that, but if that, they came in, Liverpool have, have to be considered. You and, have one of them exactly. Keita coming in, anyway, and it's talking so. about Jorginho lad, and then it's talking so, goalkeeper.
2: So, is it just personnel then? Who can do, who can work this system effectively?
0: Well, in, maybe that's in his head. Mm. That's what it is, and that's why these are potentially going to come in. So maybe, but personally, I think in 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 the English league, I think he needs to make a little tweak or two. On, on it because the the way United play and certainly the way as long as Mourinho's there I, I still think he'll beat Klopp in my opinion or he'll negate what he does in my opinion all day long because he'll get better and better players as well because United are nowhere near the team he wants mm. and any United fan should know that they're not even close like yesterday was a battle for the nobodies for second or third or fourth. Second is irrelevant. As long as you're in that top four, that's all I'm at. That's where Liverpool United, and United are at at the moment. We're not even close to the big boys. So Well, there's only one big boy. Yeah, but they can be, they can claim to be the best of the rest, but they're not that much better than the rest of us. Like, United have a long way to go, but Marina knows that and he knows he wants players and if he gets them in, I'd be worried, without a doubt. But I'm not worried about that current team. He's very effective at what he is with them, but um, he needs more as well, without a shadow of a doubt.
2: Yeah, but I, I think... I think you, it, there's a bit of underestimating or maybe not uh, looking at the quality that he has in the team. Mm. Uh, a bit like Martin O'Neill in the second half, that sitting back, just, probably just doesn't trust him enough to just doesn't. play, you know. Uh, of course he doesn't. Because in the first half, they opened up Liverpool plenty of times and mm-hmm. there were plenty of gaps there. I'm pretty sure there would have been plenty more gaps just doesn't have that trust in his own back four and and, and defensive midfield, to, mm. <clears throat> the whole team's out. But yeah. so this is the way he, he plays. Oh, but and that's why he, no, he, he, he always is like that. Maybe so. Uh, maybe that's what you're always going to get. Yeah. But I think they're a better team than they're shown. Oh yeah,
0: but it was it, it was a slightly better game than usual when it comes to the United <laughs> Liverpool in fairness. Yeah. And, and obviously it was because of his early goals. Yeah. Um, some of the decisions I wouldn't be overly bothered about them. Well, um, the, it, it was a handball. It was a cross. You probably should get it. But was he saying... Was he saying should have been sent out? Was it Rashford? I don't know. Don't I, I'm so. not sure. The first tackle was dodgy. Second was soon after. But at the same time, you would I, personally, I'd bring in who they are and what they are. He's a bit overhyped, a bit overpumped. He's after scoring a couple of goals. I'd bring him over at calm down. Do it again. I will let you go. I, I'd yeah. be happy enough with it because obviously he had to pop up with Neville. He was at me again. Mm. He was saying Rashford should have been... I don't think there's that malicious though, is there? No, but it was just... I think a normal player in normal circumstances potentially could have gone because you know you don't have to do a hell of a lot to get sent off nowadays because mm. um, there was one we'll talk after the break because there was another one where it was a 50-50 challenge but only one of them got sent off uh, with Swansea and um, uh, Huddersfield and Swansea whatever about Mourinho defensively Swansea yesterday were outrageous because yeah. it was early in the game but we're going to go to a quick break and we'll talk a bit more minutes. but <laughs> sure that was never going to happen <laughs> You go welcome back to the big kickoff here 96.4 fm west ham scumbags aren't they <laughs> that's a straight all you hammers two. out there please ring me come on come on then come on in son come on come on then <laughs> i love mill <Millwall>, i do <laughs> there's some west ham ultras group now listening going oh yeah oh yeah be all outside now come on then get to on, ta- your take on the west ham uh yeah rid- ridiculous carry on yesterday um I'd, I w- I'd love to know their exact reason why though because if it's the whole moving, why weren't you doing it three or four seasons ago and making a difference then there wasn't much of a moan about it and then of course their got boy from the berlin ground which it was never called the um, berlin ground or whatever it was yeah. mm. but that's what it was called in the season it was going away and then their going away thing was pathetic it was about an hour long and Spurs didn't even do it that much last last year but that's probably because of what West Ham got up to. But anyway, there's been ongoing crap all year. Fighting in the stands, wrecking the facilities all year long and it came to a head yesterday when they were actually playing quite well but never got the goal and then Burnley started chipping away and started grabbing a few and then it all kicked off with invaders. Mark Noble tackled one of them. One of them, I think, grabbed the corner flag and wanted to do a grain soonest and put it in the middle of the pitch and <laughs> Then they all literally surrounded the the private box and were just roaring at yeah, Sullivan and Gold and yeah. the directors. So obviously it's at the owners more so than the players and Davey Moyes and everything else. So that's what I'd like to know. What is the real problem? Because it's about the movement of the ground. It's too late, lads. You it's know, over. it's been and gone. Yeah, it's over, You it's know. Gone. Um, I think they're uh, being a bit above their station they think,
2: I think they believe that moving to the new stadium yeah. and having new owners and a few promises that weren't kept yeah. uh, that they were going to push up the league but West Ham yeah. need, supporters need to know that West Ham are not a top 6 side they're struggling
0: to be a top 10 side and where they are is where they are yeah. and they need and to and Sullivan Gold accept has, that. they have money without a doubt they were quite efficient with Birmingham but that's all they were and they're going to have to do the same with West Ham they're not going to throw hundreds of millions at it I think their net spend, because Frank Lampard threw it out last night was only something like 20-something million which is not huge but in fairness before the season started they all ticked a lot of boxes I thought who they bought. Hernandez I thought was a clever one. Um, Arnautovic I think it's been their best player In the last few weeks He's looking decent This year Mario lad That just came in They're they're decent players Joe Hart Technically Ticked the box I suppose When he came in But but he has (laughs) Ah, Dress up all you want Hart's a decent keeper But 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 then again He's not in He's not in He played yesterday Uh He played yesterday That's That's what what he kicked off (laughs) Yeah but you didn't see The tour goal He fluffed his lines again But um, In my opinion They tick boxes So this whole They can't be too annoyed About the spending Because the, the type of player They brought in I thought and a lot of people would have thought that's not bad boys for West Ham at the start of the year because everyone has to guess at the start of the year but again I think we talked about this before they're, they're, they're wishy-washy players because
2: Amatovic is play who else are they going to play, play? three good play, play you have to try and games, get one or two of them and turn games.
0: them around yeah, but that's the where the managers have to come in and earn their crust Sam Allardyce bought them all that's why he, he was the king of wishy-washy players but made them more wishy or more washy. I don't know which one it is, mm. but he turned them into it's your last chance saloon. Do you want to show the world you were a decent player at one yeah. point? You know, earn your crust. Managers, as a lot of them are now, are bluffers. And maybe that's where it comes from as well. Like, you know, earn your crust. You know, turn these players. Like, a lot of these players are good players. But you can't just turn players into good players. Players no, are not good players. No, about attitude. About attitude. There's players, not enough attitude in players these Players', these players, players, players. attitude. Bengar's failing at management. Arsenal at the moment because he's not getting them. They're good players, but their attitude stinks. No. That's the manager's fault. It's manager's fault for keeping them. Well yeah but you can You,
2: can you can't change players. You can't change players Of course you can't No you can't You of course absolutely you can. can't You can't You can, you can change can't. the attitude of You a cannot change Players attitude That's end of story Because Not, not even short term n- n- Not even short term Of course you can No you can't So what, uh, what happens When a new manager Comes in and all of a sudden They go on a Three game winning streak Just out of nowhere It, it, it that. bottle it And get it back again yeah. It can be reproduced No it can't be reproduced No I'm telling you now You can have a player Who will Work hard for maybe a couple of games To try and show a new manager Yeah But that, that'll fade That'll go that, it, it just won't be there You won't turn de- them players You either have it in you Or you don't That's why the top players uh, Are at well, the top then it should be about a Because their league. attitude Is a really good attitude
0: Well then If that's the case It should be a six team league Because There's none of them then There's not would, enough players no, there. D- there isn't even a, Probably an 11 In the Premier League To have what you Would like
2: No well, You look at Bournemouth Bournemouth mm. are, are playing above their station their attitude is great because they're playing at where
0: they are it doesn't just because you're in the league table and you're down there. but the that bottom. stems from what he's getting out of but that's, in yeah, my opinion no, yeah. not just because he's bought the right players at the right attitude he, he, he would look Eddie Howe would look at a
2: player look at Fergie oh, this is what you need to be if you want to be in this club if you're not you're gone Arsene Wenger has let it slide far too long mm-hmm. and you look at Bellerin and all they'll work up they
0: might work but back. you look at Rio Ferdinand when he forced like look at the player he was and look at the player he became when he went to United that was down to Fergie and nothing else not because he never had that attitude not once he got caught right from the very start here's how it is you want to stay here you have to tell the line mate or you're gone yeah. he was out out and about what you do at the weekend ah, nothing just they didn't no you didn't you were here there and everywhere and what happened right if I want to stay here I know what I have to do he changed sharp didn't he went gigs. I know what I have to do He was exactly like Sharp in the early days Going out and about And then he realised I need to show Now he did it On the sly still Because we all know What he got up to <laughs> But he did it Outside the, the prime eyes You but, can get at players But that's discipline The psychology of things You can get at players that's, Without a shadow that's, of a doubt That's discipline So they have it in them But maybe they're getting sloppy
2: But like then maybe That's th- what I'm
0: getting at Maybe it is discipline You have to instinct discipline Because the only way Players understand Is whether they play or not mm-hmm. And you can see on the pitch You're not doing a mate, You're off you I want mean, to come back in You change your ways Elhaz Juff would never Make it at
2: Manchester United when he, wouldn't, he never made it anywhere That's what I'm saying so But he didn't for, even Make it a loop They're up, the type of Bolton. players Or Bolton there Or may, Rangers There may be naive players Is what, what you're talking about Who might think oh, Maybe I can get away with this And then someone puts them straight And you go Listen if you want to work hard And then they have to work hard Then that's, that's fine But if you have a player Like Elhaz Juff, You're just not going to make it And there's a lot of players but, At Arsenal Who just have that And it's, they're left do what they want
0: yeah please but please. They, they could be turned. So I think a lot of them can be turned around there's good players at Arsenal like without a shadow of a doubt and a well, good manager we've had that, we've had that conversation a good
2: manager can turn that around Wenger shouldn't be, shouldn't be there because he's let it slide yeah. you would see then who
0: is and who isn't you know? yeah So, but there is good enough in in, in my opinion without a shadow of a doubt there's good enough in West Ham but it's a mixture this is where managers have to earn the crust and owners have to earn the crust there's enough of them there they're probably down at Tills they're probably down Tills on Village because nah, I don't like them because one or two of them did it at Chelsea, and one or two of them are probably going to do it at United at some point when it happens because they're too precious nowadays. But uh, there's enough there to turn it around, and Moyes just has to roll up his sleeves and find a way of doing it because there is good enough there, and there's good enough in pretty much every team in the league. All you have to do is ask Chris Houghton. Before the season, they were going down all day long, but what are they doing? They're humming because the gaffer has a system and he has them all singing off the same hymn sheet. That's not rocket science. That's yeah. down to his hard work and his hard work alone mm. of finding the right way for them all to agree with him and go with him. Um, From earlier in the week, then look at PSG. Yeah.
1: Same thing with attitude, yeah. and you know how players' attitude can basically decide. Now, this isn't working with this coach. Yeah. Get, get us a new one.
0: Yeah, you and I'll And there's
1: definitely good players there, but if you look at how they went down, I guess it was right a real damn
0: squib, wasn't it? It was. It was pretty poor. Mm. I that thought that was the. Cra- I thought I was hoping that was going to be the cracking European night game. They might get the first goal and that but it never happened. Yeah. And after about ten minutes you could see this is actually not gonna happen. No. I thought they were being careful to not concede an early goal against Real Madrid, but then after twenty minutes, thirty minutes it was like, All right. Is this as good as they're oh, going to get? Their midfield tree didn't show up. Yeah, they had nothing. Yeah, there. Now, uh, Neymar would have been huge
2: for them. Yeah, but I actually thought Mbappe and, and Cavani looked dangerous. Mm. I just think, don't think the service was yeah. there for them.
1: Well, you see, that's what, and I think that's something that you know you'd have to get credit for yesterday as well. so if it, the way you keep players like Salah quiet is, you would stop the ball getting into them yeah. in the yeah. first place. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's put plan, pressure, yeah. put pressure on where the, the supplies. Yeah, because there's be.
0: always a plan B. In most teams when it's really struggling, like I think Barcelona, who were they playing? I can't remember the game, but it was real obvious. With ten minutes to go, just keep feeding Messi. That's all you do. Everything's gone out the window. It's not working. Man. Just keep feeding Messi. And of course, the first time he got free, bang, one all or one nil or whatever. I can't, it was about two weeks ago. I was on holiday with my dad. I was like, it's gone out the window here. Just feed Messi. <laughs> Literally, bang, 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 goal. Yeah. I was like, that's the difference sometimes. And obviously, that's what they did yesterday. Don't ever, don't, don't let Salah get the ball. And they obviously had lads blocking the channel. So clever stuff. But uh, yeah, West well, anyhow, Ham. It comes down to. I think allegedly, comes- there's a, a threat of closing the the ground at this point because it's not ne- necessarily theirs the borough council and all this on it so long story short it's not over there's going to be a lot of crap about this and fine as well I would imagine ah oh, without a shadow of a doubt i oh, definitely fine I think the I,
2: th- I think the fans need to cop on yeah. I think they I think they're again way yeah. above their station yeah. and the I, the abuse I've seen videos mm-hmm. of people getting out of their cars and stopping David Golds yeah. uh highly uh, valuable cars mm. yeah. and uh, giving them abuse and this man's in his mid-70s and he's after pumping
0: money into the club. You know, vent your anger in, yeah. the, in the proper manner. And but you look at the, the beauty in Germany like, and it, this is typical German, they don't want Monday Night Football. Oh, yeah. So the first night they all bring a tennis ball and at a certain point of the game they all hammer them onto the pitch in protest. The next week Dortmund, I think something like 30,000, like most of the others, didn't go. Yeah, And I said, and they're all gathering and They're all on the same page Going yeah we don't want it We don't yeah. enjoy it And it's like there you go Go about your business and, and somebody came out and said They have a deal till 2020 But if this keeps up This will be scrapped Within the next month or two And no one's getting hurt No one's being an idiot that's They're it. kind of going yeah. We don't want it We're not happy But unfortunately as we know That's because they have A bit of control This whole 51 plus 49 Like the fans have A little bit of power In the clubs that but They can do But the power it. is behind
2: fan- West Ham fans Join together And don't go to games But
0: what's the ultimate way To do it for West Ham
2: but don't go to the game
0: correct if that stadium was empty no matter where they are Golden Sullivan everyone knows we're in trouble here we need to do something you know it's that simple don't go why would you waste 50, 60, 70, 80 God, just to go bananas and vent? Just stay at home. Yeah. yeah. Just stay at home and say, right, this is... And that's really going to hurt them. Because they can say, you vent all you want, mate. I already have your 50 quid, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care, mate. You know, go as long as you're not right in front of me face. Because you could see him at one point, gold, where are all the f- stewards? You could see him saying it yeah. to some security fellow who came down to him. And well, he had his little... Monitor in front of them and all watching the game. So yeah, I was. They were escorted up. out early. Yeah, yeah, just for security reasons, they brought them out the back door. They had to. Um, we're going to come back after break. We have a typical uh, McCoy story about Gaza I presume. Yeah, yeah. We're going to come back straight after the ads with this okay welcome back to the big kickoff
2: and if sound 96.4 fm hey uh, we're just going to do a little clip of ali mccoy's story about gaza and one of so- many <laughs> yeah one of many
3: uh,
2: at rangers episode 52. a
4: more competitive footballer i don't think i've ever played with it was unbelievable as i say when he signed the rangers what not signed them one of these prior to the old firm game i mean as you as you'd imagine and as you would hope he trained as he played Right. So that's just maybe the Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. And we've got the old firm game coming up at the weekend. And this is running about scything people, you know, the way you know the way the, the real terrier type. No one, no one a day. So, oh, he could handle himself we this so listen, you don't want World Cups in Champions League if you can't handle yourself. Anyway, I don't need to tell you. Walter's gone off his head, he says, Some of these tackles. I've got we've got a game at the weekend, we're playing Celtic, he says, we need to watch some of these tackles. So he shouts to Gascoy and he says, Oh, Gaza! Gaza, he said, you speak about bit Italian, he said. Tell him to calm down. Tell Gatusha to calm down, there's a game at the weekend. <laughs> Wrong, man. I mean, Walter should have known better. Naivety at best in Walter's part. So when this guy's going doing broken Italian, he tells him more, that the manager more, wants more, more, more of you. If he wants to play at the weekend, you need to show a little bit of level of commitment in the training. So I don't need to tell you. Two minutes later, <laughs> the ball gets played up to me, and I'm wearing six studs down my chest as he, <laughs> as he tackles me. What <laughs> was going up a on? And the, the sidelines,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong man <laughs> Oh stop Love you guys But yeah Gattuso, um, was His stock was rising And in my opinion I'm sure a lot of people say It's literally evaporated In one game Because Arsenal beat you at home So if Arsenal beat you at home At the moment Yeah How good are you I
2: know how good are you But in fairness AC Milan are in a rebuilding process so you, you he was the right man
0: to come in at the time because so, yeah. they spent a hell of a lot of money at they the start it, of the summer mm-hmm. they bought Benucci who arguably who was as good as Canini in that Juventus backline at the time and uh, plenty of others they had um, Chinese background or whoever it was so they really went for it and haven't done well at all so he's probably the right man to come in and kick arse long term probably not but uh, by all accounts he's been saying some of the right things that we all love but yeah. we all know unfortunately that's 20 years 20 years ago this these players nowadays it doesn't wash with them they be like here yeah, he needs to calm down They're unfortunately like... it's sad it is sad but that type of player manager unfortunately in my opinion th- won't last he's the next west ham manager
2: although it is said that the players love him so i
0: know that without a shadow of a doubt and i'm sure they love all the way he's coming in and they are, but it, it, that type of manager unfortunately fades fast mm. like fast but uh, if you have you have any watched any of the episodes of uh, the Juventus uh, documentary on netflix no i didn't see it no is um it good? It's, it's first team it's, it? it's 50-50 because yeah. you know there's a bit of window dressing because obviously they're selling Juve but Chiellini is brilliant because they lose or they drop points um, to a, one of the teams at the bottom of the table at home and he comes out, and it's none of this. Yeah, one of the, the wishy washy you hear every day. It's warts and all. Yeah, not good enough. He says, I'm pretty much guarantee you, too many of our lads thought it was a bit too easy today and blah, 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 and the attitude. And the gaffer's right beside him, and I'd be like, Jesus, I wouldn't be saying that in front of him. But Allegri's probably delighted with himself going, Great, he'll sort this out for me. Yeah. I won't even have to do half the work yeah. because he knows it. Yeah. But he very much said, Yeah. Definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, we probably didn't put in the effort that we should have. And he says, Yeah, that's not good enough, blah, 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 And you're like, "Ooh, ooh nice one. It was, it was just a love joy to watch. And then there's bits of Bouffon where you really just see just how brilliant he is and how good of a man he is. And geez, they're obsessed. The nicest with man on the planet. And he is. He's a top man. But it was very, <laughs> it's, it's the one time you kind of go, jeez he looks a bit grumpy. It was, it was an ad. <laughs> he came in. What have I to do? Brilliant. Oh, nicey, nicey. As soon as it's over, right, see, it's gone. ew Because <laughs> it was like, I've done me bit. Like He got the head and shoulders well, in It wouldn't
2: surprise you, though, if he's gone from one thing to another. Oh, oh without a doubt do he's probably things, charging you know, somewhere else
0: yeah. to, to do something off the like off the record that's probably way nicer than that yeah. and just a quick nod because we're obviously running out of time Andy Robertson uh, do you hear his little nice story that footballers can do nice things once in a while no. um, basically something came up on Facebook or Twitter uh, it was a parent thanking him for his nice gesture to his son but basically on his 21st birthday three or four years ago he put up on Twitter or Facebook to say anyone who's given me present will donate to a food bank it's it's a personal thing to him that it means a lot to him and that was a couple of years ago but he heard this lad from Liverpool did the same thing he donated his pocket money to the food banks or whatever so he heard about it sent a jersey signed and the whole lot and there was a nice little letter from, from himself blah 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 heard what you did it means something a lot to me I'm going to make sure I'll tell all the lads here's a shirt of Bobby Firmino let's face it who wants a left back shirt <laughs> all the best wee man Andy Robertson so uh yeah, it's just a nice touch, and there was another good story. I can't remember. I only seen glimpses of it this morning, but yeah, they do. They do enough. Obviously, he wouldn't have been doing that for any. It just came up because of the father said something. But it just goes to show you they're not all. They're not all bad. There's no, some. There's no some bad. good out there, and yeah. they do plenty of good work.
2: I think. I think a lot of them do. A lot of course work, they do, work, don't they? So. But
0: even yesterday, the the Burnley. Uh, it's all over Twitter. Like the Burnley uh, lads got up off the bench and they put some of the West Ham kids. Supporters that were in the stands. Yeah, they got in the dugout yeah. just to protect them because you could see a lot of. There was one little instance. One of the clips that you could see, you could see two or three dads picking up the kids, going, "We need to get out of here." Yeah. Now, obviously, only uh, players would have seen that in the There was a there's a picture of about ten or twelve kids sitting in the dugout. It's obviously, because they were keeping an eye on them because. I suppose you have to but it just goes to show you like we're, we're all humans and it's easy to, to tarnish everyone but uh, it just goes to show you there's, there's good out there, there is. and uh, Sean McGuire scored again yesterday Sean McGuire again yeah yeah, that's 4-3 four, four and four and three. Three Yeah,
2: and it's great now the Ireland squad did you look at the Ireland squad
0: it's, yeah like it's there's 5 or 6 Ireland changes now, so yeah he kind of has to you know, you know O'Neill now he's going to give very little away in any of his press now because he's mm. well O'Donoghue and he's a bit spiky at the moment and of course Michael O'Neill stirred the pot with the whole northern players going down mm-hmm. to south and, fair, and O'Neill answered back and went well there's only if Alex Bruce went the other way what are you talking about he's talking about senior boys he kind of let's not talk about the kids but uh but it was a stupid
2: comment from Michael O'Neill to, start, to bring in the religion to talk that yeah he, he's only being a
0: Catholic person and no, any northern any like northern Irishman should know yeah no. just stay away from and it when you,
2: and when you look at it it's actually he's actually saying stupid things like that yeah he's cutting down the actual peace agreement that's put in place the mm. peace agreement was there so irish people in northern ireland mm-hmm. could feel free to you know embrace their irishness yeah and he's basically oh, trying to the pot to slate that and, and cut that down you know so he's actually in the wrong saying what mm. he's saying oh whatever do do? you just don't don't come
0: out like that go down discuss talk you know yeah we're going to have a, a little chance even. yeah well keep it to yourselves yeah keep to you know? Yeah. it to yourself yeah. like, stupid it's ridiculous uh, Kieran O'Hara young United goalkeepers in the yeah, squad
2: yeah it's also a very very good goalkeeper
0: yeah he's, I think he played in the did he play in the under 23 game on Friday Liverpool oh, yes. played United in United 1-2-1 masson was captain in mm. the Liverpool side I think O'Hara was in, in goal for them um, most of the other guys we know about I don't think there's any other real unknown young fellas or guys who i think they're all kind of have been there once a couple or from twice blackburn isn't there yeah. I don't yeah there is a couple from blackburn mm. and a couple of young lads. but i don't think it's
2: it might be more forced there's a good few people out yeah injured there's a couple who have retired
0: so it's good but the only it's thing he, he kind of said was yeah he's looking forward to the nation's league and he's going to ch- take it seriously which is good because mm. for a country of us we have to take it seriously because it's a spot for grabs yeah um but at the same time, I think he's kind of happy for the next couple of games that he is going to mix it up a bit and see. Yeah, but I don't think. If he's a, I really don't think he has a choice. Yeah, I think he has well, to, whether he wants it or not, he has he to. He has to play to same. keep us happy, even, even us think, fans, because we're all a bit fifty fifty about him. we'll 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 go with him again. But and at the now, same time, now Dennis O'Brien, I was just say, yeah. So ten million they reckon over the last few years. In, yeah, days. Delaney came out and said that's not the reason why there was a stall and the Mike Martin O'Neill one. It, like we had no problem yeah. paying him the, the going rate on our own without yeah, delay, yeah. without O'Brien but uh, yeah he's he's finally pulled out yeah so that the, well that's I mean 10 million is a lot to put yeah. in no matter how much but at the the money said, is still yeah. a lot of exactly. money. and at the time beforehand it was fantastic for us because yeah. obviously times it, and I think everyone took a 30, 33% cut at the time and O'Brien came in and obviously I think he knew Trappettone and when he came in we were all delighted let's yeah. face it so it, it, it was good but listen there's plenty of money there and they, could, they can pay him whatever him and Roy. And G, the rest. And the rest. So, uh, yeah, so that's that. So, yeah, that's away uh, against Turkey in the next two two weeks, next week yeah. or two, isn't it?
2: It's two weeks time,
0: yeah. Yeah, because I think then there's a break then until June. All, I think it's after the season finishes. I think it's France again. And then yeah. I think we, do we go to the States? or I think we have yeah. one at home. I, I think we've only got two games and then it's the Nations. I think there's two at the end of the season. I think there's an away one, and I think there's yeah. one at home, but I couldn't tell. That's what I'm making it up now at this right. stage. I'm nearly sure. I think we train and in the Nations, but I think it's like we definitely have France. Yeah, I I, but didn't I, hear think any other I think we've won at home. I think there is one fixture. We'll look it up. We'll yeah. It up. We, can, we can come back. See, we're a professional outfit here. Yeah. But we're going to go to a song. We're <laughs> going to go to George Ezra Paradise, which is a new one, and I'd say I like
2: it. I Mama! I like, that, I like it.
0: But uh, and after that, we're going to come back with uh, horse trainer Denise Foster to go through her career and obviously with Cheltenham coming up, uh, see if she can make us millions. <laughs>
4: My love. my love My lover, lover, lover I'm in paradise whenever I'm with you My mind My, mind. my, 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 my mind. Well, it's a paradise whenever I'm with you ride on. ride on Ride on I will ride on down the road I will find you
5: I will hold you I'll be there It's long
2: back to the big kickoff on liffy sound 96.4 fm on the line we're delighted to have horse trainer denise foster to talk about her journey and her career to date and also maybe to share an opinion on cheltenham this week denise welcome to the big kickoff
5: Thanks, Roy. Good to be on. Thanks very much for asking me. Isn't,
2: Denise, just uh, for those who don't know who you are, can you give them a brief background on how you got involved in in training horses and uh, how you've built your
5: yard? Um, Well, I've always worked with horses and ridden horses all my life, and then I married um, Captain David Foster, who rode for the Irish Army. He competed in three Olympics, World Championships, European Championships, and... um, Then, sadly, he was killed in a fall at a local event while preparing for Sydney Olympics. And uh, that was 20 years ago, um, 13th of April, 20 years ago. So after that, I'd worked alongside him. He had left the army at this stage and was riding as a civilian. And I had worked alongside him with the horses. And um, he was killed on the Monday buried on the Wednesday, and he had horses entered in Tattersall's Point Point on the Sunday. Yeah. And I gave the decision that they'll run because he'd done all the work for it. It was his big dream to train horses. So we ran, and we had the first winner, and the horse was called Twisted Logic. So that was the beginning of my... I I just decided, well, I'll try and live out his dream. We had uh, quite a few horses in... um, in situ to go racing so oh, it was a big step um, I sometimes wonder was it a wise step but <laughs> it, actually, it actually kept me going quite honestly oh, that's what I was going to ask you did,
2: did, did it yeah. help with your grieving process did it put it <clears throat> off or
5: oh totally totally. Yeah. I, I actually think that hard work is, is the best therapy anybody can have yeah. um, because you don't have time to think <laughs> um, you have to get out, and especially with animals. Animals have to be fed every morning, seven days a week, every day in the year. You have to get up and go and do it. And when you're working with animals, um, they give you back so much, you know, and you you get so much from them. And, um, no, it it is. It's very therapeutic.
2: Okay. So your yard wouldn't be the the biggest yard, would it? Would you be, like... uh feeder to bigger yards do you bring them up from from uh from the young sort of horses and then sell them on or, or what way does it work with yours
5: well I, w- I wish i could that would be great we started <laughs> off like that because we started off with a lot of horses from england um a man called andrew cohen sent us um a lot of young horses to point to point and then they went back to charlie brooks to race um <clears throat> and then gradually when i Got other owners in, and we I started off point to pointing and then if if I got a horse that was good enough to go on the track, it was one step at a time. I progressed from point to pointing um then had hunter chase winners, then a hurdle winner, bumper winner, chase winner, and um basically, I try and do the best I can with whatever I'm sent yeah
3: um
5: I have no capital at all to buy horses myself to right. bring on to sell. So basically, I'm just hoping that people support me. And um, yes, I'll sell them. But generally speaking, the owners that come to me are um, breeders that uh, want to either keep the mare or, you know, enhance the pedigree. So um, and I've I've had some fantastic owners through the way, through the time, and and it's really enjoyable. You, You you get huge enjoyment when their horse wins to see how exciting it is for them and it's all a big it's quite a social thing as well it does get you out to go racing which I love
2: yeah and so has uh, so what has driven you to stay on so originally you had stayed on you know to to, to, to progress that dream that was there It just got into the blood then is it now you're you, you want
5: more Oh, I do want more. <laughs> I've discovered a side of me that that I didn't really realize was there because I was always David's wife yeah. and the, the mother of my three children and but now I've discovered this um I really want winners and I want better horses. <laughs> yeah. and I want bigger owners. But to tell you the truth, I realize now that that's not going to happen the way the way racing is at the moment. Small trainers are getting squeezed out by the big trainers. No fault. Of they're, they're brilliant. And um, the one person I've got huge admiration for is Gordon Elliott um, to have done what he did, you know, having not been born into it. and um, he's, he's just done tremendously well. But at the minute, I resigned myself to the fact that I just have to do with what I've got. Um, because otherwise, you'd be beating your head. You know, you're always waiting for that phone call. Yeah. But um, I don't think that's ever going to come.
0: <laughs> so what is an average day, say, for one specific horse? Like, what what's an average day in looking after your horse, like, Monday to Friday or before race day? Okay. Or, uh... Well,
5: um, the, the other really big thing at the moment with being a small trainer is that, um, and I think it is a huge problem within the industry, is staff. Hmm. You cannot get staff anymore. And um, sadly for me, I live 10 minutes up the road from Gordon Elliott. So every single rider from a (laughs) 15-mile radius goes, you know, past my door to him. (laughs) So um, what I do is I've got um, someone comes in to me at 7 o'clock. and I feed the horses about half six, quarter past six, and then get a couple ready, put them on the walker for someone who comes in at um, 7. They will ride about 3, and then they go to work. In a big yard right mm-hmm. and then i've got a few people that come in at eight so it's it's at the minute it's very you have to juggle each day for your staff but the, the horses are fed then they're exercised in the morning preferably they all go on the walk at warm-up or hack around fields i have my own gallop they go on the gallop for their fitting and um, they canter on my gallop and they can do swingers but if I have to do fast work, I have to load them up in my lorry and go to gallops um, mm. to do a bit of fast work. And um, that the riding of them takes um, the whole morning, and then they get their lunch in the afternoon. Some of them have to go on the walk again, some are put in the field, and then the whole doing up at the yard, the haying, watering, brushing the yard, feeding, um, there's a lot going into it. Mm. But, at at the minute now it's it's just impossible to get anybody.
2: Yeah. And does when you're training a horse is there different ways of training different horses?
5: Oh, there is, yeah, definitely. At the minute, I've got quite a lot of flat horses, okay. um, which I've, in the past few years I have become really interested in. I used to think flat racing was really boring, um, <laughs> yeah. but, but I actually get the speed thing now. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes if I was to watch a three-mile maiden hurdle, I'd think, oh my God, when did ever going to end?
3: <laughs> and I've been
5: very lucky with the flat ones I've had. Like, I won the Ladies Starby in the Curra with um, the marvellous Lisa O'Neill riding for me. And I've won a listed race. And the flat horses, there I said, are much easier to train. They really, if they have an engine, they have an engine. Yeah. You just have to really keep the horses healthy, get them fit, keep their mind right, and um, run them in the right races. Um, the jumpers take a lot more work, and um, they have to last a lot longer, so you have to try and develop their stamina yeah. as well as the speed and then the jumping as well.
0: The one thing that fascinates me, you just said there about getting their mind right. When you're watching the T V and when they're coming and coming in after race and the winner, oh, she's in great form and or he's been in great form. They're talking like they're they're real, like they obviously know the ins and outs of the horse. Just oh, yes. just how much do you trust reading the horse and their temperament for what you do? Like it's fascinating to, like there is a connection and obviously being around them so long you probably get to know they're up for it today or they're not up for it.
5: Would that be true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're just like people. Sometimes they can get out of the wrong side of bed in the morning. (laughs) But, um, uh, and also there's some horses that would suit a smaller yard than a big yard. For example, my best horse, Miles to Memphis, who has been, he he was in training with Alan King in England, um, and he lost his way. And um, I think he definitely suits a smaller yard. (laughs) He's a grumpy old git. <laughs> if you walk past his stable, he would look as if he is going to kill you. And then you walk in and you give one nice word to him and he has his head in your arms. Nah. Um, and he's one you kind of have to know. And, and to tell you the truth, that, that's the one That's the one thing I actually love about, about horses because quite often I'm sent either difficult horses or horses that have lost their way. And half the time it is getting through to their head rather than their their body, their head has to come first. Mm. And uh, if their brain is right and they're happy in themselves, the rest hopefully will follow. But now, having said that, there's some horses that are born slow. <laughs> and that is... <laughs> just that like that paper. <laughs> but in that, uh, the one thing that... <clears throat> if I can recognise that a horse is just too slow to race, I... I'm very adamant. I will tell the owners straight away. I do want them to be spending money on something that, sure. you know, is not going to give them the dream. Just also, there's, big, there's lots of ways out for those horses. For example, um, there was one horse, beautiful-looking horse, slow as a boat, but he had a good, good um, attitude, good mover, good jumper. Um, I sold him to um, Tina Gifford in England, and he ended up going around the London Olympics. Because I could see, having worked with eventers at the top level, I could see that he had something in him yeah. that would bring him to the top level of eventing. So that that's been exciting as well. Because otherwise, you know, what do you do with them?
3: Yeah, um, yeah.
5: You no. Know, do you um,
2: do you remember a horse that you may have trained called Arctic Angel? <laughs>
5: Arctic Angel. You must have you may
2: not. be careful. <laughs> because uh, no, a, a friend of mine was in a syndicate and uh, you trained a horse called Arctic Angel. It ran in five races, it pulled up in four, and it came <laughs> yeah. fifth place. And he actually wanted to know what's the worst horse that you ever had. Uh, I think you advised them to go down the route of maybe not training them. Uh, are there horses that are simply untrainable? Oh,
5: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <clears throat> and it's all about attitude. I mean, if they don't have the attitude and the will to win, um, and you can have horses that have the ability, lots of ability, but if they don't want to use that ability, um, I would go down the routes, first of all, of seeing, are they hurting? Are they um, in their body? You know, do they need physio, chiropractor, all that sort of thing? Mm. And if if that doesn't work, and maybe a little bit of a change of training regimes, and and if that doesn't work, well then you know, very little is going to work really.
1: And how long does that take you to figure that out, Denise? Sorry, like have you we're, built up a kind of
5: some, the, the the ones that have the ability, um, that maybe will show you something, Um that they're the hard ones because once you've seen a little bit of a glimmer of hope, you think, oh well, it's there, it's there.
3: Yeah, work you'll at keep it.
5: Keep trying. Hmm. Um <clears throat> So, you know, uh, how long is a piece of string, really? You just have to. It also depends on the owners. Um, If you've got a patient owner that will say, listen, give them time, because quite often a lot of horses, that's all it takes. They need time. Um, And if you have an owner that's willing to give them time, well, that's grand. Um, And there would be a lot of horses that will have um, been thrown out through not having time. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they, they may well have have been superstars if they'd got that little bit of extra time.
2: You were saying you have uh, Gordon Elliott as a, a more or less a next door neighbor. So <laughs> would would you would you visit other trainers and sort of take note of their methods of training? Do you do that or is it all kind of keep oh, your
5: absolutely. own secrets or what way is it? You never ever stop learning in this yeah. game and I'd quite I'd say Gordon would be the same. You, you know, every single trainer you're learning something every day because you're dealing with different horses every day. And, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the ways of training nowadays are very different than the old days. When the old days, when you did lots of long, slow stuff to build the stamina and everything, um, now they have to learn to travel. And, yeah. you know, once you've got them fit, then they they have to work hard every day. And, uh you know, the old days, I can remember, like, they'd, they'd have a canter, and then they'd maybe just hack around the farm the next day, and then a little bit of a canter the next day, but now it's bang, 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 you know. Yeah. Um, they have to learn to travel on the gallop, and then when they get out on the track, you know, they travel away. They're not um, out of their comfort zone
0: i suppose like it's a bit like in the football and rugby nowadays and all other sports the sports science t- side of things has gone up a notch would it be i presume it's the same in the in in the horse side of things as well would it oh
5: huge yeah there's absolutely huge uh i mean the, they're kind of treated like premier <laughs> footballers now they all have their physios and the, their thermal plates that they stand on to vibrate and and hay steamers there's a there's a lot of gadgets going with it, and you, and sometimes I think God everybody else has my better doing, but at exactly. the end of the day it's the horse. Yeah. You know if they're good enough they're good enough, and quite honestly a good horse will train itself. You know a really good one um, just does it, uh, and it's 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 the the lowly rated horses they're the ones it's hard to win races with, you know mm. because they they are very competitive very competitive but and um,
2: does it I suppose again like football and etc diet and stuff like that is all the the all these small things uh make a top horse if these weren't there you're were saying the horse needs to be a good horse but do they add on to what the horse already has
5: oh yeah yeah absolutely you you can't risk having um Infections in the yard. You have to keep the yard so pristine clean yeah. and you have to have everything just right. And, um, I mean, they call me the war office in the yard because I'm so fussy. But, <laughs> but, but, um, That's a
2: sign of a good boss.
5: <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but, no, it is. I think you have to cross all the T's and dot the I's um, and leave no stone unturned at all. To farriers everywhere.
2: Am I right in saying that Julia's Magic was your last winner? Uh,
5: Julia, yes, indeed. That was in Um,
2: November, I think. Uh, November. How many horses do you have of your own? Or have you any horses
5: of your own that you run? Um, I try not to have any horses of my own. But at this moment, I have got. I've actually got three. um, uh, Three very backward ones that will not, they're uh, (laughs) ones that nobody else wanted really. Three Arctic Um, Angels, you mean? (laughs) 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 Well, it could well be. Yeah, there's there's quite a few of those. And we used to breed from Pilar Flame, which would have been our first um, med. She won about eight races and she was great. Um, But sadly, she bred us five fillies in a row and only one of them was good and that when the last one came along i said god we just can't we just can't. she was so useless i mean so useless so oh. believe it or not i have her in info to a connemara stadium because <laughs> i reckon <laughs> i'll make more money um <laughs> connemara i know that's sad to think but but connemara stroke cerebral cross they people love them yeah. they're very very you know sellable things so now. there you go Chelt- that's, what, uh, that's what you call thinking outside the box. That's it. You have to think <laughs> outside the box.
2: Uh, Cheltenham starts this week. How much notice do you take at Cheltenham? Do you.
5: Oh, my God, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's just the Olympics of yeah. Hunt racing, and you just. Um, your tummy starts going all wobbly like 10 days before, and you're thinking, I have to get everything done so we can get in. I actually love just watching it on the telly because you actually can see the racing. Yeah. Yeah um when you when you go there basically you're just drinking and eating and occasionally you can sort of see the telly but when you're very small like me you end up seeing nothing
2: (laughs) it's a a, um, a bit like like the formula one do you ever watch the formula one if you're at the uh, formula one you're only seeing one corner
5: you know i never understood that Yeah. yeah yeah i i think what what you do you don't um gets is is the atmosphere but well well i don't know I think the 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 ch- the t v coverage is so good you can get the atmosphere and it's probably like formula one that noise of the of the cars is the same as the noise of the horses, yeah. and that brings the atmosphere to you but um no.
0: So say the the elite horses now, the, the cream of the crop that's there, like and obviously they're in the stable during the week. How much would the jockey, like your Ruby Walsh and the McCoys in the day, how much do they come into the stables coming up to Cheltenham? Or are they just there for race day? Or do they come in a couple of weeks beforehand and get a feel for the horse again? Or oh, what no, way does it they, work?
5: They would be riding them fairly regularly. Yeah. I mean, uh, Davey Russell, all the top jockeys are down at, at Gordon Elliott riding them, getting the feel for yeah. them. Um, especially when they do their last piece of work. If you were at the cur there last week, just amazing. Willie and Gordon and all the top horses there, all the top jockeys. Um, The trainer relies um, very heavily on what the jockey will tell them.
3: Sure.
5: He's got his own eyes, but he needs someone who knows what they're talking about to tell tell him how the horse is feeling, if he's hanging or if he's just bouncing. And uh, they rely very heavily on their input
0: yeah of course and obviously Ruby's back this week I, I presume he was always going to come back but yeah he's fighting fit for yeah. Tuesday anyway
5: yes he had a good he rode a good, very good winner in Thurlis yeah. the other day and that will um, but when you when you're as professional as a Ruby it doesn't matter if you've had time off yeah. he'll, he'll go straight back um, to where he where he ended off
0: and would it be kind of over this weekend where they'd arrive the horses would arrive from say Ireland or did they get there a bit earlier does it make much of a difference
5: um, well, Willie's horses and the first set of Gordon's horses arrived I think, yesterday morning. Right, yeah. And, um, and a lot will be going today. Um, well,
0: will there'll be a lot of nervousness around the travel. Do, does some horses completely just turn if the travel hasn't gone well for them?
5: Oh, totally. For example, now Miles Memphis, he was qualified for um, the Coral um, Pretomps mm-hmm. And I could have brought him... But it would have been it would have been a disaster because if he if we're travelling to the races and I see a red light if we have to stop at the red light, he goes mad in the back of the
3: box.
5: <laughs> oh, Banging his front of the box with his foot. And as for as regards stopping for a cup of tea on the way home, forget it. What do you like
2: at roundabouts? Maybe oh, <laughs> nice, in trouble. Keep
5: moving. Keep moving. As long as you're moving it's grand. Yeah. I, I just, I waited up Okay, used to sit in the car park At the ferry for an hour And then the, the ferry for another, say, three hours Three hours I would have had no horse at the end of it And that's why he's been running Navam, Leopardstown Curra, you know, all the local tracks yeah. which is, <laughs> which is, But I, I have to kind of think of that Because that would be a huge thing yeah. for this horse You get some horses that just fall asleep and they're great if they <laughs> can put the, in the trailer. Wake me up when I get rocks. there. Happy days. But the, the, the guys who are travelling these horses, they, they know exactly. It's just really important to keep mm. them hydrated and drinking and, and keep them happy and keep them at the right temperature.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, not too hot, not too cold. And
2: So when they, you... There's
5: a lot... I did a lot of travelling um, <clears throat> in my earlier days with show jumpers and eventers to all around the world and... You learn so much about horses when you're travelling them. Yeah. So much because you're you're with them all the time, and you just you can just see how they rest or how they get a bit anxious about certain things.
2: If you are looking at Cheltenham this week,
5: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> what horses yeah. are you looking at? What ones? What ones take your fancy? <laughs> what ones do you think are overhyped?
5: Well, I know there's an awful lot of um, hype about Sancro, Mm. And it's a pity. Now, uh, ten o'clock today, we'll know what he's um, going to be in—the uh, Supreme Novice Hurdle or, or the Ballymore. I mean, he's a class, class horse. I just worry that there is so much hype about him. You know, um, if he if he wins, it'll be no surprise. Uh, and I I sincerely hope that he does win. Whichever they do choose, I think he's class. Um, Apple's Jade to me is just the epitome of a tough mare, and yeah. I would love to see her win because she's just class. And and I see her quite a bit, and I just love her. She's brilliant. She's in um, the,
2: the, the champion
0: hurdle, the mayor's hurdle on Tuesday.
5: Yeah, she's one of my on my list. <laughs> she's she's just absolutely class from the mayor's hurdle. And um, it it there's so many that's beauty about about. Every single horse that goes into these races, they're all really good, mm-hmm, yeah. and it's just um, like the Premiership Plus one, and there's yeah. no diving in this, they can't dive, they have to really... You <laughs> well, know. I hope
0: they don't dive. Do <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, no, you said it, yeah. Um, they have to put it all like, to the very last of the line, but... Um, um,
0: and I would of, love
5: to see Devan. I was just about back. to
0: ask about the likes of Duvan and Fa- yeah. Faheen. Is there more hope, or is there genuine? Obviously, he wouldn't send them over if they weren't good enough. Yeah, about
5: exactly. It. No, there's no cleverer man than Willie Mullen. Yeah, and he is a man that really does get it right. Sure. And I, I would love to see Devan coming mm. back to what he is, and, and that's—I mean, he's just class, absolutely mm-hmm. class. Faheen at his best. Is the only horse? I mean, correct? Yeah, he's brilliant. But, but it would be will the will the right for him show up? Yeah, you just don't know about them.
0: That's one of the one things I heard on a, another radio station the other day. Ted, Ted Walsh, and it's actually a fascinating thing about just any management, so to speak. The one thing that Willie Mullins is best thing that he's a he understands things go wrong. Yeah, and he knows what to do. Yeah, from that yeah. he's not one of these who panic. like that. And that that uh, that sat with me, and I was like, geez, that's something that we should all kind of take that. Life isn't that simple, and oh, he said I he's the master he, of it. He
5: would be a brilliant football manager, because <sighs> he does. I mean, it, it, if he puts a horse away, and you don't see it for a while, it's for a very good reason, <laughs> yeah. and that horse will come back, you mm. know, as best as it can. But um, now the Supreme... I wouldn't write off Gordon's Mengley can, which didn't, he didn't run his race the last time, but there's something about him that, you know, he could be anything.
0: Yeah.
5: Foot pad... Yeah. should win the Arco. Um
0: you're taking my box there Denise keep going
5: <laughs> yes but Pat I think he's pretty classy and um, Bouvader is actually very I mean he mm. should win easily
3: mm-hmm.
5: that's if Fahim doesn't come out and sure, sure. kick his ass <laughs> um, the, Jade. Um, the amateur chase jury duty um, would have a good chance but it, it's kind of a It'll be a battle. I mean, I don't really like thinking about what's going to win there. I would just love Lisa O'Neill to win, no matter what she was riding.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. What about the the Gold Cup? Then Eastside Thousand John's. He's out. He's out. Uh, he's out. Yeah. Does this...
5: Well, the Gold Cup. I mean, my heart would love Arjup to mm-hmm. to win, and I think he's a very very tough horse, a great jumper and. Um, there's no doubt about that puppy power rises to the occasions in these big races and Jesse Harrington's horses are all running well at the minute. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Does the ground uh, the, I don't know what it's been declared, they're talking about good to soft Erduke uh, yeah, uh, Duke likes the soft am I right yeah, on that? Yeah
5: he won't, he won't mind it either way because okay. I tell you he's, he's tough and he's he's kind of got this sort of thick attitude like I will go you know and i and, I'm hearing conflicting stories about the ground. Um, uh, I was listening to the radio this morning, um, and they were saying that Cheltenham has never had the rain and the soft like it leading up to to Mm. this coming week. But at the same time, it dries very quickly there. Um, So, you know, if the soft soft comes up, it will help the Irish horses, I think, because we're running in, in heavy ground practically all the
2: all time all the time yeah, yeah.
5: you know um, winter, yeah. that would be but the gold cup, i have to tell you a funny story about the gold cup <laughs> last year um captain con was one of my husband's best friends and i asked him around to watch the gold cup here with me and would shout on puppy well little did i know that um both con and myself <laughs> leapt up from the from the chairs and we were absolutely screaming and um We went to Laurel. My son was videoing us. (laughs) We It it went all around the world. I mean, you could probably even look it up yourself. Khan couldn't understand because Khan couldn't understand how Eddie Mackin from Canada rang him up (laughs) (laughs) that he saw him. Like he was weeping like a baby. It was absolutely hilarious. So I'm definitely going to invite Khan over to watch the Gold Cup here. And I'm hoping we're going to be doing the same thing.
0: Brilliant.
2: Just quickly before we finish, uh, yeah. Denise, uh, a banker and an each way bet for all the
3: punters <laughs> out there.
5: Okay, right. Okay, okay, okay. Now, let me think now. Um, <laughs> oh, see, I'm not a punter. My my theory in life is don't put on what you can't afford to lose. True. <laughs> but, um... Mona Lee.
3: Okay, right. St-
5: stays well I think we'll love the hill mm. um, and uh, Apple's Jade would be the banker
3: Jade. I,
2: think, I don't
5: know what price model be. could be the outsider yeah. but Apple's Jade for
2: me well Denise it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today We've got, we're, <laughs> we're delighted to have you on and uh Maybe we'll get back in touch again, and hopefully, yeah. and, ha- and have you back on. And okay. have a happy Mother's Day if you if you if you get <laughs> to chill out at all.
5: I did. Yes, my son fed the horses for me for me this morning, and I've got a big basket of goodies sitting in the. <laughs> <downtown>. Brilliant, <laughs>
2: brilliant. Put the feet up, chill out, and enjoy the week. This
5: week. Okay. Okay. Listen, thanks very much. Thanks very much. Thanks, thanks Denise. You. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. After yesterday's bonus point victory over Scotland and France's hard fought win over England, it left Ireland as Six Nation champions with one game to spare. To talk about this achievement and how likely a possible Grand Slam is now, we are delighted to have former Ireland and Munster player Jeremy Stanton joining us on the line. Jeremy, welcome to the big kickoff. Good morning, guys. Thanks very much. Listen, Jeremy, when we talk about winning the Six Nations with one game to go, how much of an achievement is that?
6: It's, well, it it's says in itself that it's never been done before, particularly for an Irish side. I think we're, as a nation, we're quite used to hanging on the edge of our seat. You know, you only have to go back to the 2009 with the uh, the Rona Milgara drop goal in the, in the dying seconds. So it just it gives you a sense of the achievement that that's what that the current team under under Joe Schmidt. You know how professional they are. You know they just literally. Get on with their job, and I know it sounds boring. That every player that's interviewed. That's what they say. You know, they just they're just doing their job. And uh, we saw these, the, I suppose, the, the benefits yesterday, where they took um, a really good Scotland team. To be fair, um, I really enjoyed watching yesterday's game. Um, but they're just very clinical this Irish team, aren't they? Yeah,
2: yeah. A, a, a bonus point win over Scotland was just what the doctor ordered. But Scotland let a few big opportunities slip a crucial moments in the game. What, did chinks, did. what chinks and armour armor do we need to sort out? I
6: think, I, I think if you watch the opening 10 minutes yesterday, um, you know, and, mm. and the credit has to go to Towns Townsend, the Scotland coach, he really attacked Ireland. You know, um, I think if you get quick rock ball against the, this Irish team and you have the ability to, to go out wide with, with really good passing, you know, I think you can cause damage. Now, that's not just against Ireland. Like, that's the classic template for any game of rugby where... Mm. If you have a really good breakdown, really quick ball, and you've got good backs and, and are accurate, you can you can really take teams apart. And Scotland did that yesterday. I, I felt Scotland left almost 21 points on the pitch yesterday, mm-hmm. which is a great concern, I suppose, for Andy Farrell and going into Twickenham next weekend, because you could say that England, you know, they have a bigger pack than Scotland, and they, they largely have better athletes than Scotland, particularly at wide. You know, you look at the first pass that... Um, I suppose that Hugh Jones basically gifted to Stockdale. You know, if that had gone to Stuart Hulk back a seven-pointer. You look at the break, perhaps in the, the start of the second half, and uh, Scotland broke down and, and they threw a missed pass and all they had to do was just go through the hands, and that was another try under the six So there is there is weaknesses there in Ireland. There's obviously work on but we've been saying this since the start of the championship, haven't we? I think you
0: should stop talking there now, in case anyone from England's listening, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> we have no chinks in the armour. <laughs>
6: I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so, guys. But, (laughs) you know, going to Twickenham, like, if you discount Italy, guys, um, there's only been one away win in this year's Championship, and that's us against France. And we all know how that came about. Yeah. So that nearly could could come down to that. Like, I think we have a great chance, let's be honest about it, going to Twickenham. But to win away from home, it's so hard, fellas. You know, I know Ireland are, are better than England, and they're more accurate, they're more disciplined. But, you know, it, the shoe's on the other foot now, isn't it? We're, we yeah. love, we, as Irish, I think we love spoiling parties, but now England have the chance to kind of so get, get their own back against us compared to what happened last year.
1: Sure. Just on that Scotland team, is that would you say that they have a huge amount of potential now to actually build on that, that they were just lacking a little bit of maturity and accuracy?
6: It worries me, Darren. Going into, like, they're in the same group as us group in 18 months' time, mm. and the key thing that Townsend has instilled in them, they've got the blueprint to play now. All they have to do is just work on that. You know, they're probably they're probably three years behind Ireland in their development. And you look how good Ireland were three years ago; they're winning back to back Six Nations championships. Mm-hmm. I think Scotland now the players have confidence, and uh, all they have to do now is execute. The hardest part of coaching any team, particularly international level, is you got to instil some confidence, and you have to have a blueprint. They're doing that now. There, I think Scotland, and Ireland, and um, again the first twenty minutes, they're two best. Um, Teams at the breakdown. They're so accurate, so efficient, and so disciplined that if you get quick ball, and um, they got the backs to exploit it. Unfortunately, Ireland have been doing. This, sorry, fortunately for Ireland, they've been doing this for three or four years. So Ireland had four chances yesterday. Guess what happened? They got four tries. Yeah, yeah. Scotland had around six or seven, and only took one of them. Perhaps maybe two of them, and that's probably the difference. Darren, at the moment. You contrast that to England, <laughs> who I just thought were, were, were very poor against Scotland, and they actually backed that weakness and that poor performance of yesterday. England, for me, they look very, very, I suppose, they, they have no energy. They're very um, laboured in everything they do, and they just don't have a clue what's happening at the breakdown. Like, like 15 penalties yesterday, they conceded at the breakdown. You add, all, add on all the knock-ons, they conceded. They actually gifted France 20, 20, the ball 20 times yesterday. Now, if they did that against Ireland, Ireland will take them cleaners. But uh, I suggest, I, I predict that Eddie Jones will have something off his sleeve anyway.
0: Like, just going back to, like, and it's, it's kind of the common theme over the last 24 hours, Like they're all just saying, even Jeremy Guscott when he wasn't even listening, to what Alan, uh, that he asked him, he said, sorry, what to you say? And then he kind of went, listen, Ireland's just a well-drilled machine, because he kind of knew it was something to do with Ireland. Like the, the Stockdale try yesterday, one thing I know because like I I know about rugby. I've watched it for years and the whole lot. But I wouldn't be well drilled in it. That's why I get there over as much as possible to go. What's that for? What's that penalty? What's that call? But when Stockdale's try went in, they said it was a three-phase play that that was done on purpose. There was no great fluke about what Stockdale did. They kind of set that up to the third phase where they're all going one direction, but they really they were always going to come back to him. Yeah. Is that stuff? Is it that well drilled? Like Monday to Friday.
6: It is. Yeah. 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 The whole mantra is just, just do your job. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a classic Joe Schmidt drill and um, Joe Schmidt move where mm. everyone knew their role. That, that, that ball into the scrum.
3: Mm. Um,
6: obviously, Sexton starting on the left as a decoy, because most often than not, obviously, yeah. the ball primarily goes to Sexton, off every set piece. Mm-hmm. And he was just a decoy, and everyone knew their move. It was planned, it was executed at least 20 times in Carton House yeah. uh, and the Aviva, and you get one moment to do it yesterday, like the clock was in the red, I believe, was it? it? was just before yeah. half time. Uh, they called it three phase play and you could see you could see Ringrose and Dan Levy just pulling back as soon as the ball you know, they knew that like in twenty seconds time they were going to get the ball and they execute. Now they could've Ringrose, I felt for me, could've could have scored. Hmm. And on the whole I thought like he was he was he was my man in the match. I just mm-hmm. think he is yeah, I agree. you're out and out thirteen. I think he, he has to start in Twickenham. and hopefully he will because he has your he has your x-factor if you can if the like guy to stay injury free yes he's a great career ahead of it like to come back yesterday after only playing what six games all year yeah yeah and to just come into an intensive national he just looked you know to the manner born he was i thought he was outstanding Jazz Je-
1: from your own career would you prefer playing with a coach that was very much structured you know obviously you've joe schmidt on one side you probably have eddie o'sullivan would have been even more sort of five six phases ahead for your your power plays and then you look at someone like Stuart Lancaster at Leinster who, are, who spends a huge amount of the training week getting the lads to play broken play games and what to do, you know, in open play or in, you know, phase play. Which one would you prefer to kind of be with? You've put me on the spot
6: now, right Darren. <laughs> <laughs> the best one, how about that? Either? Yeah. <laughs> the one who ever picked me, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I, like, I think I suppose, my position was mainly out-half, and you were kind of the vice of the coach. You know, you had to kind of... You were you, supposed to be one of the lieutenant on the pitch. And you can see that, you know, and it's just no coincidence that when George Smith arrived to Leinster, that's when Sexton played his best rugby of his career. Mm. And now he's becoming, you know, obviously the best player, one of the best players in the world. I, I like. I, I do like the, the structure because as, as, as an out-half, and as a scrum half, you you have to run the show on the pitch. But if if everyone knows their job during the training week, it just relaxes you a bit more. And obviously, the more relaxed you are, the more confidence you have. Yes, rugby is a structured game, but more and more we see it every day now, guys. You know, teams are going through the phases, so you do need it. You do need a bit of that player off the cuff kind of thing that. that I can take the the game, by a scruff or the neck and just go for it. You know, Sexton obviously very good at it, but you you look at someone like Murray as well to have someone like him inside of it because Sexton, for me, wasn't his best game yesterday. But you just like someone like Murray just calling the shots. You know, particularly with the forwards, it's just you know it's a great place to be. Who would I like I think I think Gregor Townsend is is getting like that.
3: Yeah. I think
6: he's a he's a bit of a job on his hands with managing Finn Russell. For, for for me, he's a fantastic player, fellas. But he went quite yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, just when his team needed him most. So I think um, you know you can't complain with, with Joe Schmidt now. He's won three three championships in five years. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's pretty that's a pretty good return.
1: Looking forward to England now. Where do you see their kind of strengths? Because obviously they have um, Owen Farrell. Is he looks like a fr- what I say a frustrated player? He's that guy who never gives up, and he's looking at players around him that look like they've kind of dropped ahead a little bit and you can see him trying to manufacture things um, can you see him sort of pulling that back line back together to the, the level they were at earlier in the year
6: I think yeah, I, I think it, it, I think he can because you know he's for me last year he is he, he is the best player he, he was the best player in the world and he's still one of the best players and he you're right Darren he is he cut a lone figure yesterday after the game in Paris where he, you know he's kicking superb he, we all know about his defence and he's a, he's a real fighter but it wasn't. He was on his own. Let's be honest about it. He was on his own yesterday with that English team. Yes, England are injured, and they've got a few players out injured. But they they just looked lost yesterday, didn't they? Yeah. They had just no direction at all. And um, but can they raise it one more time? I think they can. But they got a real problem on their hands with their discipline. Like to concede fifteen penalties. Like yeah. if, if 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 an under thirteen team did that, you'd scream your head off them. Yeah. England have done that now three times in a row, and you, you just. I'm not too sure whether it's stupidity or arrogance, <laughs> I'm not too sure, mm. but the, the, you cannot do that in international rugby at all, you know, it's, it's just crazy. What will happen next weekend, I think I think Jones will go with the far and um, the forward fire combination Yeah, because they have to have more of an attacking threat to beat Ireland. Um, if they're a classic English game, they'll have a big pack, Yeah. Um, obviously I think Hartley will come back into it, I think they'll look to take Ireland on up front. Mm. Um, but either way no matter what happens it's going to be a one score game guys it's going to be a nail biter oh, you know <laughs> um, is—you um, <sighs> know, I'm sorry to say this but there is one good game in England thank god it's I, just want, I just want
0: I just want Mike Brown's face rubbed in it that's what I want <laughs> <laughs> how annoying is Mike Brown discuss
6: um, yeah I know I know exactly what you're saying That Nick. you're not alone <laughs> <laughs> in, in your thinking um, oh god yeah, yeah no, it's, it's going to be cracker but listen um, England have a lot to do to, to, yeah. to get right in, in six days can they do it I just think this England team um, they look just knackered guys mentally yeah. and physically yeah. if you look it'd be, they've won back to back six Nations. you look at the best club team in Europe last three years Saracens mm. with back to back the European Cup you look at all the English players that went on the Lions tour I just think they're just going through a phase where they are just mentally fatigued you look yeah. at Farr, you look at you, you look at Courtney Laws; they're just knackered now that's not an excuse because yeah. they're not paid professionals and, but I just think they, they're coming to an end of a kind of three and a half year cycle and they're just going we can't do this anymore they need to rebuild. So it's a big yeah. test it's a big test for England but can they rate the game in Twitter I think you think the rugby players in Ireland guys are under pressure Yeah. you should see someone headlines in England this morning like the English rugby team at the moment because they're successful, they're almost a celebrity type, just like they're soccer players. Yeah, pressure is on them to perform next weekend. Make no bones about that. And they will, it will be a cracking game because out of all the teams in championship, you have to say England are physically they, they could match Ireland, no problem. Yeah, yeah. up front, anyway, up front. Um, and that's that's a key area, isn't it?
2: Just in saying that, Jeremy, if if Ireland put 10 points on the board early on. Could, could England crumble, though, with all that pressure, Then
6: I think it becomes an easier. Yes, it does. It yeah. becomes it becomes a much easier game because I think England don't have much in attack. I, I think Wales' attack is much better. I think Scotland's attack is even better again. And they, they, they threatened Ireland. I don't think England have that, that ability, if I'm being honest with you. I think you'll have the traditional English game plan where they look to to get territory with forward or far, and they look to try and take us on up front with the forwards. We can match that, fellas, and like you say, we go ten points ahead. I think you know it could be good, but you know it's uh it's it's interesting what 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 Joe Schmidt would happen. Planned. So we're going to win, Nobody are we? Only knows what barb Eddie Jones is going to throw out during the week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> be sure. Uh, gonna the game's gonna gonna be mind games are going to be fantastic this yeah. week. So.
0: That's the elite side of things. What's it like with the little snotty nose kids in Castle College? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Brilliant.
0: <laughs> well, of course you have to say that. No, but it, how do you find it anyway? It's, it's, a, it's obviously a great gig for you, and how has how, how it gone so far for you?
6: I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. I think the players are. Um, what it's really just, um, took me by surprise. Is just the, the level of commitment, not only from the, the players but the coaches and everything that they have. You know, including
0: Darren. It's, thanks, but, Jess including okay. <laughs> Darren
6: uh, yeah he had his moment <laughs> <laughs> I know the kids are great and uh, you know the turnout every, every week and every day from the players and the coaches is, is, is really good and it's good there's a good atmosphere there which is the main thing um, obviously we'd like to win more more trophies but fingers crossed now we've uh, big game on Thursday in the Sydney final against, in the Junior Cup we final against Black Rock you know so that's going to be a great deal for the college and uh, let's see let's see what uh, what happens then
1: as uh, your old school Munchens doing well down at Munster
6: yeah indeed yeah yeah, yeah. Um, they did a great win last week in the, in the Junior Cup to beat uh, Christians in Cork so a cracking game but uh, it's great to see that you know because I think with Munchens they I suppose we, we have produced um, loads of obviously Munster players and quite a lot of international players but a bit like Castle and Lock, we haven't really Munchen's haven't really backed it up with Silverware but this is, this is just fantastic you know to win the Junior Cup uh, for the first time in 20 years was hopefully it will kickstart something you know that this team going to win a senior cup and it will give a big bit of inspiration to the the younger years coming through that they can take on the court teams, or even you look at you know Bandon coming through now with Glenstall you know so it's uh, it's not just the usual traditional stronghold it's, it's just so competitive now down in Munster we all know about Leinster being so competitive you know with, with the top three schools and then you got the likes of Castlemock, Jerds all these other schools uh, Gonzaga coming through but uh, Munster is certainly getting more competitive. But to win it was was superb. Now, yeah, great stuff.
1: And having come through kind of schools yourself, um, looking back or, and now coming through it as a as a coach, would you say there's much difference between schools rugby now and back when you were coming through at Munsters? I
6: actually had this conversation last night with a few of my a few of my friends from Munster. We we're, we're just after match, after match and Donald was just talking about the Junior Cup win and like. I suppose the setup I suppose the, I, I suppose to I wouldn't suppose an to in school. You just had a coach, one coach. <laughs> that would be your doctor, your physio, your bag man your back coach and the lineup coach all in one. And the bus driver probably. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays it, it's um you know like schools that have nutritionists they have uh, a strength and conditioning coach Lionel coach forwards coach backs coach you know it is more professional but I think that's everywhere though Darren. I think yeah. that's in all schools yeah. I think they, they have taken it more seriously and you know they've got a lot of the, the kids nowadays listen they have loads of support in terms of you know fitness diet everything and um, that that would be the big difference but as we always say, are they really happy, though? And <laughs> <laughs> we always used to stop off. I remember playing down in Cork in my first Junior C- Cup game. I used, well, we won the game, which was brilliant. But my favourite part of that journey, come back and I was we stopped at Supermax in Charleville on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All good, fast food chains are available. He's yeah. <laughs> still sponsored
6: by exactly. them. <laughs> that was my favourite part of the day out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I don't think that,
6: hap- I don't think that happens now. Does it too
0: often? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Listen, Jeremy. Thanks a million for coming on, and it's been a pleasure, listening to you And no doubt we might get uh, Darren to in again, hopefully in celebration, or maybe in the start of the, ne- the, the, the autumns or whenever we we get back again. But uh, so you're going to tip us to win next week? Just, just, Ooh. just. <laughs> All right. It, it needs a bit of drama. Well, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's no fun if you go out because, in fairness, just
0: a, like, just very quickly, Jeremy, the, like for these guys. It, it, they wouldn't see it as a failure obviously in the long term but not, not winning next week would be gutting for them wouldn't it? It'd yeah, it would tarnish the be, championship.
6: It would be a bit uh, let down and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly worried in the sense that the emotion of, um, of winning yesterday the high of winning yesterday the players will have all that they'll be, listen they'll be smiles on the faces yeah. during the week at Carton House won't they? Yeah. Um, and, and that that can be a good thing but it's, it's, it's a different it's a different preparation it's a different mentality knowing that you have your middle in the back yeah. okay, next Saturday but Trying to keep the edge. Again, and but listen, they're fighters. They're professionals, and to be honest, they're winners. All those teams are winners. Yeah. If they lose next Saturday, it will be deemed a letdown for them. Yeah. Now, that might sound harsh to the public, but if you're, if you're one of the players, yeah. You know, how do you write your legacy in Irish sport? You want to win a Grand Slam, and yeah. we've only done it twice. Correct. And to do it again on on, on Saturday would be incredible. But it, it's not going to be easy. It's it's a different mindset where you know, where the pressure is actually on us. It's up to us to win it.
3: Yeah.
6: And like England on the other on the shoes on the other foot now, they just want to spoil it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's, it's it's all well and good being being Ireland and being the underdogs, but now we're actually favourites and now we have to back it up again. And and that, that can be quite tough and quite strange. But hopefully I think under the guidance of of, of the coach Bud and, Schmate and the certain leaders in the camp, hopefully they the will look let yesterday is just another step of stone to achieve the slam next Saturday. But it ain't gonna be easy. You know, England <laughs> have one good performance and going back to last year's championship, you know, England had, had a one good performance against Scotland, so it would be Scotland by sixty one twenty three. Yeah. Is there that games about for
0: England that's, that's just
6: a big question mark Jeez, for me shut up
2: will you <laughs> <laughs> nice. <What a> <laughs> how do we recover this <laughs> that's
1: going any tips for Chandler
2: <laughs> <laughs> listen Jeremy thanks very much for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon hopefully we get that victory next <laughs> cheers, cheers thanks guys Thanks, all the best Bye. <laughs>